Good morning, and welcome to your daily game face with Dr. Kim Lannon. And good morning, Lou. Good morning. How are you? I'm excited now. You are? Given our little pre pre show talk, yes. <laughs> Before we went on air? Yes. <laughs> okay. A little so, pre show talk. I'm excited now. Okay. <laughs> well, because this one has got my feathers ruffled. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> yeah. so Lou and I were speaking just before we went on air this morning yeah. about the coronavirus frenzy and the yeah. psychological um, craziness around the whole thing. Yeah, and mass threat generating. Oh, talk about threat generating, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. if, uh, it's been every single client I've had this week so far. That's all we talk about is the likelihood, the not likelihood, what's going to happen, yep. what should you do. So although I'm not that type of doctor, certainly I have a lot of yeah. information that I can talk about. They canceled the St. Patrick's Day parade. I know. Crying out loud. <laughs> <laughs> but you can have your own St. Patrick's Day parade, sort yeah. of, I guess. Yeah. It's not the same thing. But um, so, yeah, I was saying to you before we went on air that yesterday I went into the store. You know, I'm just kind of doing, you know, my thing at the office telling people, you know, make sure you wash your hands. Don't touch your face. It's yep. really okay. Stop listening to all the news. Which you Don't should be doing the... anyway, by yeah, the way. I, I, well, so to my point that's coming. Yeah. So I walk in the store. And, you know, I was going in for literally a little pack of toilet paper just to fill the need. And yep. then some cat food, a bar of soap. Much to my surprise, the entire row of toilet paper and paper towels was decimated. Gone. With all these signs along the rows saying, you know, basically out of stock for a variety of reasons with a couple of snarky little signs that yep. the grocery store had put up about basically what are you all going to do with with your <laughs> with your toilet paper so what is the thought process here um so, i don't understand the thought process i'm i actually have to say i don't know on this one i yeah. have thought about this long and hard since yesterday had many conversations about it lots of very humorous conversations yeah. and it's mass hysteria you go to the meat case there was tons of meat vegetables there yeah. was no is food is really disappearing. I'm thinking, well, what are you all going to eat? But you're going to have plenty to wipe your tissue. Yeah. <laughs> so is it the I don't coronavirus know. version of bread and milk at a storm, or I, uh, what is it? Well, I, I really, or I as I'm calling it now, COVID Y2K. I, <laughs> exactly, and yeah. I think that's actually a good name because the yeah. the the insanity, for lack of the better quote, you know, air quote about it, is that it's. It is really, if you look at all the statistics and you really look at the, yep. the facts, if we stick with what we've been doing on the show and what I do for my, my living, you stick with the reality and the facts, they aren't all this, they aren't this big epidemic, pandemic, crazy right. thing that's happening. It's just that there's so much hype. And if you're listening to the hype, it's, it's all fear-based. It's all threat-generating. It's, you know, sort of like watch what's happening over here. Don't watch what's happening over here for yeah. whatever reason. This happens from time to time, but on this one, it's quite something. It is the yeah. snowstorm that's not ever going to come, but people are prepared. CVB, uh, yesterday, the little timeline on, on Facebook, it's like 25 cases in Massachusetts. Really? It's 9 million people in Massachusetts. You know, and then the next right. day it's 48 cases. Like, okay. Right. And there's 9 million people in the and state. And there's tons of statistics. Like yeah. last year, with I think it was SARS, and I could be misquoting the actual illness, but last year, I think there was 300,000 deaths from SARS alone before yep. anyone even, like, thought twice about it. And we're talking about small numbers here. Not that we should ever think, oh, it's bad that someone's passing or someone's sick. Certainly, yeah. there's no humor in that. But when we're looking on the grand scheme and the grand scale of these things that are happening, SARS, MERS, yeah. um, swine flu, like whatever's coming through, this is happening all the time. So why right. the hype on this one? 
you know, there's a lot because of because the media is tuned into it, right? Yeah. It is, and it's the it's the mass hysteria, it's the fear, it's all that. You look back at 1918, and you look at the pandemic and all that. That's when the Boston Marathon was first canceled. Uh, I don't know if it was 1918, but I know the Boston Marathon was canceled during that time for World War One, and I think there was some illness around that time as well. Yeah. I mean, those are kinds of things that, you know, th- there's some legitimacy and there's some accuracy and well, reality. If medicine to them. was stuck in 1918. Now I'd be wo- I'd be more worried. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And and don't quote me on all those things because I know yeah. that the marathon was canceled in 1918, and I and it was definitely World War One. But I know there was there's something around there where there was some illness as well, and and this is. If it has some fact, that's one thing. But even with the facts that we have, we know that if you're washing your hands, and this is to the other point we are talking about before we started, you know, all of a sudden all the soap disappears off the shelves. And I'm thinking, weren't you all washing your hands beforehand? (laughs) Now everyone's washing their hands, but that means beforehand no one was washing their hands. If you're not older and you don't have a comorbidity, you're probably okay. Right. And here's the other mass psychosis we're running into, as we've been running into it the whole uh, election cycle this yes. time around, as we always do. This isn't a zero-sum thing. Right. If you and I sit here and say, listen, don't panic over COVID-19, we're not saying don't worry about it. Right. Take your re- normal precautions. Right. But it's, it's it's about being— so this no is, bigger threat than the flu. It's right, and that's and it's yeah. and it's actually got some. It, it's the flu is actually more threatening on some levels if you read the statistics and the facts about it. Truly, the facts about it. Right. And so that's you know it's it's about being smart. The, when my clients have come in all worried about it this week, or should I come in and you know people are wearing you know gloves and I'm like really it's about being smart. Yeah. Like, you know, don't don't let people cough around you. Don't cough on people. Don't use your hand to cough. I mean, it's just kind of like the basic common yeah. sense stuff. That you know seems to go out the window when anything like this happens. You know, people all of a sudden go into the psychosis. That, yeah. Oh my God, I'm going to die. But if you look at the at the reality, oh, we're all going to die. Forget where I'm going to die. We're all going to die. We're all going to die. That's the that's the. But the likelihood right is yeah. is you know it's. I think it was if you're in a certain age group, obviously the demographic of elderly and senior citizen level. But you know you also have to have an immune depressed system you have to have some kind of either emphysema or some kind of heart disease or you have to be set up as you said the comorbidity of it and for young people or younger people it's not in the cards it's it's less than like one or two percent if you actually get it right so if you're if you're being psychologically minded and you're being healthy and you're trying to live your best life today and not live in a panic, then yeah. you're actually thinking about what's real. Like the likelihood yeah. is I'm not going to go out to the store and and catch it from the person next to me because they're breathing yeah. and they may or may not have it. It's hard, though, because we're in we're in supposedly one of the intellectual centers of the world here right. in Boston. And we've got a state of emergency in Massachusetts and we've got uh, uh, the St. Patrick's Day parade canceled. And, you know, they're talking about the Boston Marathon. Yep. And it's like. You know, you're just whipping people up. There's, listen, if you're that concerned, stay home. Exactly. I understand. That's fine. Exactly. Yeah. And well, so we were talking about that too. The Boston Marathon. I mean, it's it's ne- again never been canceled except in 1918, mm-hmm. and and the likelihood is that they're talking about it. In the end of the day, Charlie Baker, Governor Baker, has the final pull on it. But right now, the Boston Athletic Association is is full go. We have 41 days before the marathon, so we've got enough time to really kind of plan it out. I mean, there were four marathons and. Half marathons in the next week 
canceled. Yep. New Bedford Marathon, half marathon, um, the New York City half this weekend on St. Patrick's Day weekend canceled. You know, and you understand because it's kind of we're in the height of it feels like we're in the height of the panic, but 41 I guess, days but out. You can't go stand on a street in New Bedford and, and watch well, <laughs> runners run. I mean, that, that's a so, life threatening at this point. And so that's, you know, I mean, I think that's part of it, which obviously people will still go out. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm running the Boston Marathon on the 20th of April. I've been raising money for the whole time since, you know, December to yeah. make sure I help out other people. Plus my training, I'm still running. Yeah. I mean, if they call it, I know that there's at least 3,000 of us that have already committed that despite, I mean, they don't have to have a sanctioned event for us to show up. So to your point, unless they say no to us that you can't do that and that they're going to arrest us or something, I mean, we've trained hard. But the likelihood is what I'm hearing and no facts that are you know, complete is that because the Boston Marathon brings in so much revenue for the city and because, you know, we're trying to keep it in containment in terms of like the actual facts that there will either it will go and it will be a go or it will be postponed. That's the last thing I heard about it. But nonetheless, you've got $36 million worth of charity runners that raised $36 million, right? And then you've got $211 roughly million that comes into the city. It's the biggest marathon in the world. It's not like Tokyo that just got canceled, which is huge, or New York that got canceled, which is also huge, but it's it's not at the same level. So they may say... You know, certain certain um, areas of the world aren't able to come in because they have too much of the of the possibility of transferring it. Right. Who knows? But it's 41 days away. So I'm hoping yeah. for everybody and my athletes who are a lot of the impact of this is that they're going to get some calmness around this. And from me to people, you know, is be smart, you yeah. know, just. You know, keep doing your life and just be smart. Wash your hands. Don't, you know, don't blow your nose in your hand and then right. touch somebody or don't lick anybody. I mean, <laughs> just okay. stop licking people. Yeah, yeah it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> no licking. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, it's just, you know, being sort of tongue in cheek, no pun intended. Yeah. It's just being smart and not being so revved up by every yeah. report. If you watch the news, We're I was okay. only home for a brief uh, oh, time yeah. and watching the news last night, I heard in the about two you know one half hour to the next half hour we went it was like we went from defcon four to defcon one it was like that quick of a shift of oh now it's it's awful and what are we doing to our kids now we've got high school games shut down we've got what's the message to them again i I don't know what the number is today probably find out yesterday there were 48 cases in the state yeah i think it went up this morning yeah i'm sure it's gonna go up yeah I would, well, but yeah, I let's mean, keep it, perspective here. Well, and, and right, you have to have that, you know, the it's just like the flu. It's just like everything else. It's going to go up and it's going to hit its peak and normalize yeah. out and then come down. And that's, and again, terrible for losses, awful for people being sick. Oh, yeah. But there's preventative care and it's just being able to take care of yourself and know how to, you know, if you don't want to be involved in terms of being exposed to anything, just stay home. Yeah. But it's uh, it's a matter of proportional response. Yes. And right now the response is disproportional. And with the marathon, take take two I will weeks. I not have take toilet paper. <laughs> I don't have any, so I'll have food. Yeah. But I don't have toilet paper. <laughs> yeah. So, so you were saying. Uh, the marathon take two weeks, take three weeks before you make a decision. Yeah. You know. I imagine just like the other ones that just got canceled this week that they were this weekend. So I imagine that. They will wait right up to yep. right before because the um, the expo that is for the marathon where you pick up your bib and you go for all the running gear and all that stuff, that starts right before, like on Friday before the marathon on Monday. Right. So, I mean, they'll they'll probably do whatever. Maybe they'll restrict back who can go to it. Who knows? But it's still 40 days yep. away. That's a long time. I, I keep reminding everybody, and I don't know the specific date, but I'm going to guess a little more than 40 days ago, we were worried about World War Three. 
It, exactly. Yeah. I mean, where this is going to be two weeks from now, three exactly. weeks from now. Or even even next week. Yeah. You know, I mean, look how fast it's changed. And I mean, if you look at the news, right, and you can see China has already reported that they're clearing, everything is clearing and it's passed. Yeah. So you imagine that it kind of did the bell curve norm and yeah. it's moving through and you know, they say they didn't catch it fast enough. Now we're going to say that we did. Italy's having the same thing. They're trying to keep it contained yep. so that it moves through. You know, just like the flu, just like the cold, it's going to have its bell curve and move. Right. And and it's not going to be by summertime. It's going to be like, oh, remember that? I mean, I'm hoping, you know. Yeah. It's, so. That's typically the way things go. Right. And there's nothing I've heard that would suggest this is different from that. But and the same Not that we know everything. It, yeah. And and that's the same information, again, not being that type of doctor, but being from the psychological perspective of knowing how, you know, just the thought process that gets people revved up and gets people to be um, not rational and act yeah. irresponsibly or, you know, recklessly because they fear for their life being lost. And, and I'm seeing a little bit of yeah. that because of the, the threat generating and, you know, people, you know, talking about putting all their stuff in the bunker. Okay. It's not to minimize it, but it's a cold that yeah. can be managed, and they're looking for things because it's a new strain. Yeah. It's not. This isn't new science yeah. in terms of we haven't had these types of things before. And this isn't a third world country, and this right. there's access to healthcare, and you take right. care of it, and it's going to be facilities. Isn't this, however, a great mass example of the way these things get started? Yes. Because what happens with individual people is you're in your environment with your friends and your family and your coworkers, and if it's a toxic environment, and they're always running around uh, telling you you're not good enough, yes. to use the prime example, you tend to believe it. Yes. I mean, people now, we talk about them overreacting, we talk about them threat generating, but again, the governor and the mayor, it's a state of emergency, they're yelling at you all the time, you know, you know, Go 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 down in the bunker. That's that's the right. message you're getting right now. Right, and it's wrong, and it's doing a disservice. But this yeah. is the way this state of mind starts to happen. And and I think you know, in in the minimal that I'm trying to watch the news, I did hear a little bit of you know the governor and the mayor talk about it, and and it's and I was thinking about this this morning that they have a psychological conflict, that cognitive dissonance yeah. of the reality of the situation versus also the pressure. From their outside influences, they're influencing them to influence us to to make sure that they you know they take the grand whole total into account for all the the panic and the right. threat generators and all that because if they don't then they're airing they're not airing on the side of caution so they have to right. do it so if they're going to miss this they want to miss this being over cautious right yeah. so so you can see where their psychology has to play in that although they who knows because I don't know what they're thinking personally but you know you can tell that obviously they're doing it for the the greater good of everybody which is great but also it feeds what you were just saying it feeds the psychological um threat generating of people who catastrophize, awfulize, are doomsdayers, are yeah. fatalists, or, you know, I'm going to die, everyone's going to die, it's all bad. And and that is scary. And I see that even in the most rational people that I have come into my office in the past week, oh, everybody's, you know, up here. And I'm, and I'm kind of like, okay, I'm not minimizing because it's not, because everyone could die. You yeah. could contract it, you might not catch it in time. And so, but it's about like maintaining yeah. some kind of level. And so I think they're in conflict. I imagine most of the leaders of every town, city, state, whatever they're doing, they're in that conflict of yeah. 
what their personal belief is, or maybe not. Maybe their personal belief goes right along with that. Yeah, maybe. But, yeah. You know, but we don't know. But it is the it's kind of that general like okay. State Chances of that emergency. people have gotten to that level of fairly rational people. And right. They probably think that a state of <laughs> well, the state of there's a number of things in the state of emergency that go beyond. You know, COVID nineteen. Right. You know, employees and I don't. Know, it's crazy. <laughs> exactly. But again, I think a lot of it is they'd rather miss being overcautious because that's popular yeah. now. Yes. It's also you know you're not running against the grain. If you run against the grain, and everything's going to at that point, every infection is going to be attached to you. Right. Why didn't you do this? Exactly. When the real response should have been for the St. Patrick's Day, for example, is yeah, we're going to run the St. Patrick's Day. Take extra precautions if you feel. You know, if you feel nervous about it, stay home. We'll put it on TV. Right. You know, right. That type of thing. And and who knows what the what the message was being given to them to to just call it quits. It was surprising to me because I thought, wow, I was surprised that's a, too. It, it's a huge, yeah. it's a huge ending to something without really knowing. Plus, it's ineffective. Everyone's just going to go out and go to a bar now. Yeah, it's not. It, you're not going to well, change. Well, yeah, you watch the news and everyone that was being interviewed when they were told yeah. at bars along the route and everything where they're, they're they're like, oh, we're still coming out. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's not like they said all bars to be shut down, all right. store. It's still all happening. they did was prevent people standing on the sidewalk. Right. They're still going to be in the bars. They're still going to be out. They're right. still going to so be it's celebrating. Right. So not the big Patrick's group. Day. It's the smaller groupings along the way, which still is exposure. Yep. But then you wonder what the thought process is behind that. But that's what they can control, right? So I go to, okay, what are they controlling for? What they can. Yeah. You know, they can yeah. only control for the whole population being together at once versus, well, we can't tell you you can't go to the bar or to the restaurant or to do that. That's your choice. So it's kind of like a, the way I see it is like, oh, here's my cognitive conflict, my, my dissonance, my yep. two sides. And this resolves it for me because I can't be responsible if someone then chooses to go do something that I haven't sanctioned. And I'm I'm buying into it to an extent, but a very small extent. Like, for example, I wouldn't go on a cruise today. Oh, I wouldn't either. Yeah. I mean, that's just silly. Right. Yeah. But there's rational. It's not because it's a fear based generation. It's it's rational. If you look at Mm. the at the reality, you get on a cruise ship, you're contained. It's a Petri dish, essentially, of stuff that never moves off of it and just gets kind of shifted around while all those people are together until everything can be stripped down, clean and everyone cleared that, you know, and I'm I'm not I'm not taking advantage of the travel deals to Italy right now. (laughs) <laughs> I don't think anybody. Yeah. So, so let's bring this back down to the individual level, yeah. and I think we get into critical thinking at this point. Yeah. Because again, I think on a personal basis, this happens to everybody too. Yeah. Because you have a family environment that's maybe particularly negative, and they're on you a lot, right. and you become conditioned to this way of thinking. Right. And you just accept it as truth, and so it's important to just vet what you what you believe is the truth all the time, constantly. It's what you know. vet. Yeah. Right. People it's do what you think you know. Well, right. Well, it's, you know, if you only know what you know, and this is what you think is your norm, because it's everybody's norm, because that's what you've been taught. That's what you go with. Yep. So, and there's nowhere, it's hard to generate, and I find this in my business all the time, getting people to generate an alternative thought to the one that they already know is the sticking point. Yeah. And you know, the basis of that, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, the basis of that for me was always accepting what someone is telling you. Right. In other words, they know. You know, I'm, I, so you start questioning yourself all the time. And the fact of the matter is everything that's coming at you from somebody else is through their perspective. Right. And through their filters and through what's going on in them. Right. Much, much more than what's going on with you. And and so because we're taught as children, you know, you have you, you, you are taught not to. It's not that you're taught not to, but you just are taught that your parents are the ones that know. Yeah. And then 
if you're never exposed to anything else in your experience range or you're very limited to that and that's what you know you go to school you come back and that's your your filter spot you're never getting the opportunity right. to know that like what you just said oh there's other perspectives that's just a perception yep. that doesn't mean it's the truth and that's where so many teenagers you know somewhere between like 12 sometimes a little early but 12 and 15 16 all of a sudden they have those little aha moments like yeah huh my dad or my mom isn't right and how do i challenge that and then you start seeing the family dynamic and how it's impacting in that toxicity level yeah. of oh if i if i don't think like them i'm in trouble or if i dissent from that it's a problem or i'm i'm a i'm a democrat i'm a republican because my mom and dad said so or yeah. it's it's the non ability to move because there's no open flexibility to have a different thought or to think that there's a possibility of right. a different thought experience range that's a huge phrase because right. for kids for me personally you go out and you see how other households run how other parent parental child in, interactions are right. you go you have a teacher who treats you differently you have a coach who treats you differently and then and you, you go to other kids houses and yep. you see their parents treat yeah, their exactly. kids differently yeah. and then you're like huh wait a second yeah, yeah. wait what what's going on in this house <laughs> yeah. and of course we all get filtered with um we all get uh, more data from this from tv oh yeah and, and movies like you know dick van dyke show yeah. I'm a little older. Everyone else, everyone's got their TV family. Leave it family. to Beaver. Leave it to Beaver. Happy days. Yeah. Those are my interpersonal relationships. We get a lot from TV. Yes. It's like, well, that's the way it's supposed to go. Everyone's supposed to be funny and supposed to make up at the end of the hour. And yeah, yeah. and everyone gets along. Yeah. Well, it's it's and it's you know like anything, it's the socialization. It's just like we're talking about everyone's being socialized into being fear based right now yeah. around this illness. Yeah. It's just like what you're talking about about the shows. It's everyone sleeps in the separate beds with the lamp in between, and everyone comes home, and the wife gives the, you know, the slippers and the drink and the yeah. paper, and you know, we all know that's not true. But right. it took a long time and to switch from that. But there's still people that believe in that. Yeah. So you, it's, it's that, some people move forward and some people stay the same. Some people move backwards. Yep. But it's it's definitely um, what you are raised with and what you know and how your mind then just goes. It's like, oh, if an authority figure tells you it's true, it must be true. Yeah. No matter if that authority figure is completely wrong, right. not realistic, not based in fact. It's just because they have the title of. And, that, and that's what I always – I am very good, I think, and most of my clients would tell you, I think, that if you think I'm wrong – it's okay, you know, so yeah. many because I don't want people to think they can't say, well, I have a different thought. It's yep. okay. I want you to say I don't agree if you don't agree. It doesn't bother me because it's not a talk about ego, right? It's not about your ego. It's not about if someone doesn't agree, but it's good when you have facts so you can say you don't have to agree, but here's what I know factually. Well, and the healthy alternatives, I really enjoy. I, I think it's the healthy alternative. I really enjoy when someone turns me. Yes. It's like, okay, you you think another way. Like, for example, if someone would come in today and talk about COVID-19, say, turn me. Tell me this is the pandemic and, and, and the uh, existential threatening uh, to event that we think that, that they're telling us it is. And if someone can give me some information and turn me, I, I enjoy that. I like that. I like getting a different perspective and, and finding out where I'm wrong. Mm -hmm. The problem is with me, I work so many scenarios and I overthink that I'm, I'm if I dig in on something, I've usually done the work. Well, and, and yeah. so when you've done the work, that gives you the the reality space to actually know that it's hard to be able to turn you when you're not coming from a, a perspective that's just 
based in, well, I have an opinion about it, and therefore, even right. without the backing, you're coming from, I generated 12 different <laughs> scenarios, and they all have these outcomes, and therefore, it's going to be hard to move me or not because yeah. of the facts of what I know. Most people don't, most people don't get turned, and, and it's not because there isn't fact in front of them. It's just that they're so wed to their thought process. Right. You know, you've or they're someone... wed to the information that, that is brought to them to the point where, right. all right, Charlie Baker says there's a state of emergency in Massachusetts. And, you know, me, my first instinct is, okay, is that appropriate? Do we really need that right. at this point? And I'll talk with somebody about it, and they'll use the fact that he de- declared a state of emergency as proof. That's right. not proof. No. That's his reaction. We're vetting his reaction right. at this it's point. A beha- or so canceling the marathon or canceling uh, the St. Patrick's Day parade. Exactly. And yeah. so if you just look at it from the psychological perspective of just like that treatment modality of the thought generates the feeling, which generates the behavior. So now the behavior, everyone thinks because there's a state of emergency, it must be true. Yes. The thought must be true. And the insta- thought that there's a threat, yeah. therefore we're all afraid, is must be true because we have proof. Instead of critically thinking the information right. that you're given, you use the information as an argument to reinforce your position. Right. And it's like, no, you haven't, you got to think that through first. You got to question that. And that's what people do on an individual level of, you know, if you're depressed, if you have anxiety, if you have addiction issues, which right. was our topic today, which we haven't gotten to, but yeah. it's all the same thing in terms of how people, they have a thought that drives the feeling that ends up being the behavior, and that behavior becomes the thing, the end-all, be-all, because it must be, it must be true because the thought, and they verify each other. Yep. But they don't really. Usually the reality is, is they're disconnected. Thoughts are not facts. It went. Thoughts are not facts. Right. Thoughts are not facts. And, yeah. But people just associate them because that's what they've been doing all their lives or for the vast majority, and that's what works for them. But, in fact, it really doesn't because it leads them to threat generating, being anxious, being in addiction, being depressed, being upset, whatever that is. It keeps going for them. In the in the COVID-19 case, it it doesn't lead them to threat generating. It's It harmonizes. It sympathizes. It resonates with their threat generating. Right. So they're willing to accept it because, right. yeah, this is the way. Because yeah. it makes sense. Yeah. Well, it must be true because. Well, well I'm clearly. a threat generator. I'm worried about everything. Right. So and when if, it's and if real. someone in authority yeah. and all these other people, including doctors and the governor and the mayor, all generating the same thought, we must. It's We're all right. right. Yep. Instead of having that abstract reasoning to step yeah. back and go, well. Yeah. You know, they have to do this for a collective whole. They have to be able to look at the whole scope of things because if not, if they don't, then the other yeah. side is if they didn't, then there's another issue. So and context yeah. and perspective. Right. Yeah. Who, exactly. Who is that? Who, where's the mortality rate in this? Who is who are the people who are likely? What's it like for someone in my age group to get this or right. you know, my personal situation? Right. And again, we live in Boston. You know, right. Medical care is is Top plentiful. Notch. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Well, and I had a couple of people yesterday that are in, like, law enforcement and, and, you know, in the fire department and all that. And they were talking about that their departments had had, um, I guess, mini conferences or mini workshops on, you know, the COVID-19 and how to. And I I said, well, what was the outcome? Wash your hands. Wash your hands. (laughs) Wash your hands and touch your face. Yeah. As I touch my face. As I touch my face. I know. Yeah. We both touched our face. Um, but, but I'm washing. It's, it's like, again, it's not zero sum. It's not that right. I'm saying this is no threat and ignore it. Right. But let's not panic. And, you know, exactly. I'm washing a little extra than I normally do. Right. It's, yeah. And it's, it's, just being, it's just being mindful. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's the perfect cycle. But I'm that way about the flu, too. Yes. You know, in, in the, I can't get the flu anymore because it's just, it hits me too hard. Yeah. So I'm avoiding it 
as much as I can. So I take a little extra precaution. Yeah, and and and, it, and you know, so I have I have asthma, and so oh, I'm yeah. sort of in that little range, and I'm. I juggle between flu shot, no flu shot. I've had good luck with it. I've had bad luck with it. I mean, I just, I'm just mindful. Yeah. And if you, if you know what your body and you know your medical history and you know what you're exposed to, you know what, you know, and I have no problem saying to someone, and I've been saying, I'm like, if you're sick, don't come to my office right now because one, yeah. you're pushing yep. yourself, but also... I don't want to get sick. And right. there's nothing wrong with, you know, hey, you're going to be here next week anyway. Or, right. and people are so afraid to say, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to miss it. Or, you know, it's really but okay. But that's not a, we're all going to die. I'm going to be sick. It's, I don't want to be sick. It's just that I don't want to be sick. Right. Can't and, afford and, it. And, 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 it's, and it's, it's, you know, yeah. where people have been really great about saying, hey, I have a little cold. Do you mind if I come in? I'm fine with that. Because yep. I know that I'm taking the precautions. I know that if that person doesn't come in, I'm still exposed to somewhere else that I'm that I don't even know if someone's sick, and as long as I'm being mindful of what I'm doing, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's fine. I mean, certainly if you're coming in with a fever and flu, you can stay home. <laughs> you I'm mentioned that. You mentioned earlier range of experience. Yes. With this and how important that is, and, yes. and I want to extend it or rephrase it. Okay. Uh, it's a different concept, but I want to add it to uh, range of perception, because a lot of these issues, societally, individually, are about lack of context. Yes. And lack of uh, lack of an overview of what's going on. Yes. For example, they hear the numbers on, on COVID-19. And then if you tell these same people the numbers on flu right. in the United States over the course of the year, how many die from the flu over the course of the year, that at least gives them perspective. And they can start to make a more uh, contextual uh, decision about how they want to react right. to this. Now, here's the interest. So I'll play the devil's advocate on that because I've had these conversations in the mm-hmm. past week with people doing the comparison points, you know, in my office about yeah. the flu and COVID and even up to yesterday. And uh, an often response to that is, yeah, but it's not the flu. <laughs> and because their range of experience right. is that because the hype, and this is what I'm allotting to the explanation or the context, is their range of experience is the flu is the flu. And that they don't realize that this coronavirus is this is a strain of the flu. They're not understanding that it's right. part of it, and it's it's just like flu senior or if, you know whatever you want to say. It's a, just a different yep. strain, but people are separating it out in their mind. Like, well, but it's not the flu, but well, it really is, it really but is. just in a different context. Yeah. And so if you take it like that, and you're still mindful, doesn't mean you still can't get sick, but you know. And it doesn't mean you still shouldn't be cautious, but right. It's it's the level of panic that that's involved here that and and in your personal life that level of threat generation and panic and overblowing uh, overblowing a threat that's something you have to try to control and And you do it with perspective well and super important to remind people and and certainly in your day today reminding people that the more anxiety you create in yourself Mm -hmm. the more fear-based you are the more that you're in this heads headspace of hype of you know, threat generating, the more you're dropping your own immune system to be more likely to be exposed to. Interesting point. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So the more anxious you are, your immune system drops. The more your immune system drops, you're just opening the door for it. So if you're always in fear and you're going out, you're like, oh, I got to wash and wash and wash and I don't touch. And well, your body is now in a space because your adrenaline and all the different endorphins that go through your, your vagal system that regulate all the different, you know, hormones that regulate your immune system, now they're all out of whack. Yep. And now you're exposed 
and now you're more likely. Self-fulfilling prophecy. Right. <laughs> yeah. and, and people don't understand that process, but it's basically the more anxious you get, the more likely you're going to be vulnerable to being exposed and getting it. Right. You know. Plus so now that just generated a whole bunch yeah. of people to be panicked, by the way, yeah. when I just said that. <laughs> and what are we doing to it's our five-year-olds and our six-year-olds? And, and what are we doing to our five-year-olds and our six-year-olds right now, putting right. this on them? Right. And again, listen, if it were, uh, again, an existential threat and the the pandemic, as we, we all watch Walking Dead and right. you know whatever else is going on, if it were that, sure, you have to... You have to approach it that way, but this is not that. Right. And you're creating a, you're telling six year olds they can't go to school. You're telling uh, 10 year olds that they can't go watch a high school basketball game. Right. You know, I mean, what are we doing? We did it last year. We did it last fall with football games and the mosquitoes. Yeah. Canceling football games and moving them out of Friday night because we're all going to die. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know. Is that a message you really want to send our kids? I know. And and that's why it's interesting because it's not a new psychological phenomenon and it continues to happen. No, it's the core psychological phenomenon, but it's happening to all of us at the same same time time. on a massive scale, which is fascinating. And, And then you wonder why, and this is a question that I've been talking about with people, is you wonder why this now and so big and so worldwide you know it's usually contained to us or them or whoever it is you know but it's so large right now you go what is happening that everybody is having this experience it's just amazing to me because on the psychological perspective it's you know the fear generation definitely is there that oh my gosh all these people over in china had this and then it yeah. came over and then it came on cruise ships well, the flu and then, is worldwide too it, and, exactly yeah and but the flu has been with us for so long people now become in their experience range accustomed to it and that's why it's like if they don't think that the coronavirus has a link and it's the flu but just a different strain yeah and not minimizing it by saying just but it's a different strain people are thinking it's this other thing this right. big thing and it's it is a big thing but it's just a different strain of the flu. Right, but when's the last time a major news network led with a flu story? You know, or was reporting every 25 cases of, of influenza right. in Massachusetts, mm-hmm. you know? And, and again, WCVB, again, it, it's a post. It, it, cases are up to 25. Yeah. Okay, what am I supposed to do with that information? Right. And they're updating you, like I was saying, every every half-hour yeah. show is like now it's up to, you know, 42. Or, yeah. You know, it's, when did they do that with the flu? Right, and it, when they hit 300,000 last year for SARS. Yep. Nobody, did you hear about that? No. Nope. The only reason why I knew the statistic was because I'm looking up all the the actual facts, so I have education so that when people come in and say, yeah. I'm going to die, I'm going to say, <laughs> We're all going to die. Probably not today. <laughs> yeah. I mean, eventually, yeah. but, you know, because it's so important to know the facts and keeping the facts, you know, and, if, if, you know, one of my clients said that I should put a, uh, an actual fact sheet up of all the different things that have happened over the X amount of time. So it compares so that people can come in and say, and just hand it out. Yeah. <laughs> so that, you know, what are we going to talk about today? We're going to talk about the real issues that are going on in your life, or we're going to talk about the real issue that you have now generated right. to be worried that you're going to die. And the whole other, uh, uh, the other pathology of this is that sometimes you run into a lot of people who want the issue. You know, yeah. they want the issue. Yes. They want this to be exciting times. They want they want this to be a threat. They want to be worried. They want to be upset with somebody. They want to blame somebody sure. for the reaction or blame somebody for a non reaction or you know. And I and I don't think that that's really new. No, I think, it's not new. You know, it's it's more that we are so um 
we're so now exposed to so much ability to contact each other through social media. Yeah. And I mean, when I was growing up, we didn't have any of that. So it was really sort of contained and you knew that people were right. sick. And I just remember it being so small scale. Now everyone just group think thinks, you know, group think is a crazy thing. Yeah. It just spreads it. And it just, you know, people feed off of it. Yep. And you put out something that's logical, like we're talking about today, the logic, the mindfulness, the reality, you go with what is real in context and, and facts. People don't want to hear that. That's not that's not fun. Yeah. <laughs> that's not that's not dynamic. That doesn't have energy. That doesn't have gossip to it. It doesn't have, you know, oh, you know, three hundred thousand people died. Can I be cynical? Yes. It doesn't provide the moral superiority. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. a lot of people uh, looking for it. You don't think this is going to kill us all? You know. Right. You know. Right. You're not thinking as well as I am. You're not smart enough for. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and it's and it's that and when you say, well, no, and that you know they that they get poo pooed that well, you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. You know, you'll see when you die. <laughs> you don't care. You have no compassion. Right. Yeah. And that's why it's so hard to walk that fine line with people saying, you know, because people are often black and white, all or nothing thinking, you know, it's, it's either yep. you think it or you don't. And right. therefore, if you don't, if, if you even say anything that dissents from that, the possibility is you're dying, then you're minimizing and you're not being sensitive and that you're, and you're not taking into account all these people that are, you can actually be somewhere in the continuum and, and be realistic that absolutely anybody could get it. Absolutely. Anybody could die. But what is the likelihood? Yeah. And then looking at the facts, but people and this is what you could take this with any topic we'll take that one off the table just throw one in yeah. people psychologically pick up on that and run yep. because it's something to talk about for lack of for lack of other things to do and hobbies in their day for some people right yeah um it gives them something to intellectualize and have purpose in their day for a lot of people that have you know just general mood disorders in my business or things that they're sort of shut into the house and now they've got something to talk about with people right um and also and misery loves company and some people like to share their misery so that people join them and if you're not joining them well you're out right and and so you know that's because you're no fun <laughs> i mean yep really you know yeah a couple of people have uh, chimed in and i i won't read some of the comments out loud but <laughs> <laughs> but that's a way of looking at it from um donna <laughs> yeah you know i mean um well it, it's it's the way i entered this conversation it's yeah. like we've lost our minds i yeah. mean and I've said this on several things over the last 10 years <laughs> on various occasions for various reasons. But in the, it, this is a prime example of how much, how easily we get, we overreact. Yes. How, how, how susceptible we are to, by the way, and another major psychological principle, this is victimhood. This is this big boogeyman yeah. that is coming after us and we have no control over it. We're all victims. Yes. Yeah. Well, no, we're not really. No. Yeah. No, but that so that not on this one anyway. Well, that goes back to the mindset you were talking about about when you're raised in a certain way, where you're contained in that little environment, and and you don't have anyone to normalize that there's other things out there other than this thing, right? Because it's everyone's out to get you. I have I have a couple of clients over the years that I still see, and they were raised with the idea that you know, going out in the dark you're going to get raped or hurt or attacked yeah. no matter what, no matter where, even if you're in like, you know, my office is in Bedford, 
Bedford is, you know, like Bedford Falls, <laughs> you know, like yeah. it's a wonderful life. People, you know, train their kids even in little towns that are sweet and lovely. I grew up in Vermont and, and it's the same kind of, oh, it's big, bad world out there. And, and people are generated in their head that everything's bad. You know, don't touch anything. Don't look at anything. Yeah. Don't do that. Don't do this. And then people are so afraid. I see kids get taught all the time, you know, that not to play in mud because it's dirty. Yeah. Or, you know, and I made mud pies and yeah. I'm okay. Watch for I, peanuts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, but the insidi insidious part of this is some of this is truthful. Like, for example, you know, when I grew up, I would leave the house and there were no telephones, no answering right. machines, right. no no cell phones, certainly. I'd leave the house at 7 or 9 in the morning, come back at 11 at night. My parents had no idea where I was right. and what I was doing. It's like, I can't imagine that. I would never imagine right. that with my kids. Because it is a little bit different world. It is a little bit less safe. But that doesn't mean, again, proportional response to right. that. Right. You know? Exactly. And yeah. it, Well, I mean, the same thing is you, you would never have, like, I, I go out on my bike with friends and I'd be out until... Yeah. The sun was going down. My parents had no idea where I was. Couldn't other reach than I you. was out on my bike, and I could have been, yeah. and I was all over when we were, yeah. uh, where I lived. I was everywhere with yeah. everybody. We did miles, you know, because of yeah. where I lived. But I was always home at night. You couldn't do that now. Nope. But it's context, it's experience-based. And so it's kind of, it's kind of the same kind of thing is that, you know, take the reality of the situation and then adjust for it and do what's realistic in the moment. Like you could still go out and bike ride, but you're just mm -hmm. going to be more contained and you're going to have ability to talk about it. Just like how do you understand the coronavirus? You understand that it's a strain of the flu and that we know about the flu. We can treat this, but mm -hmm. we don't have a vaccine yet. People often are mixing that up. And I've heard this a few times, too. And the important point, I think, is that we don't have a vaccine per se, but that doesn't mean we can't treat Right. And people are forgetting that oh, yeah, that's they two don't things. Eat, yeah. vaccine is just preventative. You know, yeah. oh, the flu vaccine. Well, we're, they're looking and they're working on the vaccine for this virus. Right. But that doesn't mean that if you get sick, you can't be helped. It, it doesn't mean that you can't have antibiotics. It's just they don't know yeah. exactly the right one. So they, it's a combination of people all over the world trying to scramble to fix it. Plus, the vaccine is one notch on a viral scale. I mean, right. a, a couple mutations of this thing. Right. And you're going to have to... Yeah. And that's and that's and that's to the psychological point of where people have become dependent on antibiotics, right. and then, and then you know like bronchitis. You know people get bronchitis. Well, the antibiotic range has tapped out of bronchitis, and yep. now doctors make you ride it out. You get sick. I mean, I, as an asthmatic, I know that they give me it. They give me the antibiotic just so it doesn't go to my chest. So that. Yep. But they won't do that for everybody else because it's not the risk. But when I was growing up, everybody got antibiotics. Yeah. You took a couple. You didn't have to finish it. It was no big deal. Yeah. <laughs> well, now we look at all these little strains that have that come out. That just makes it mad. Right. It just <laughs> makes them mad, and, yeah. and they run. And that. Yeah. So if you look at the facts of, like, how this coronavirus is perpetuated, you know, and, and knowing science behind that, even if you're a layperson, that makes sense mm -hmm. of... Well, yeah, it's it. They're spiraling out from where they they can't they can't be treated anymore. So they got to find a new place to spore out to. Yeah, what we're being told all the time in a society, and this is the a pinnacle of it right now. It's the most important thing right now. But what we're told in a society all the time is we don't have control. We're right. victims. Right. And we lose a sense of how much control we actually have. Right. And we give up our control because. We're comfortable with being victims because that's all we've, all we've known. And somebody in power or authority is telling us that we're out of control, and that we need, and that we need them to tell us how to yeah. be in control. You're victims. Instead they are the being... white knight. That they're, they're the ones who can control things for you. You have no control. Let me take care of it. Let for me you. help you to make the decision for you. Right. 
Right. Yeah. Well, that's... So you can't go to the St. Patrick's Day parade because you have no control right. over whether you get whether you get the death flu or not. Right. And it's, <laughs> oh, well, this is the message. Yes. Well, that's yeah. why when we started the show, I said, I said, I'm running the Boston Marathon. They may cancel it. I'm still running. Yeah. Because I'm still running. I may not. They may not allow me to run on the course. I don't know if that's going to happen, but they're going to have a lot of people that are going to have to move off the course. And at that particular day, even if they postpone it, I'm still going to run on that day 26.2 miles. I'll find a way because I have control over me. Unless all of a sudden the world comes to a shutdown and we all are supposed to stay inside, which I don't see coming. You know, thinking logically. Well, it could. Who knows? Who knows? I, let me take that back. Who knows? <laughs> you know, but... Again, there's a state of emergency in the state. I remember I Governor Deval Patrick during a snowstorm yeah. several years ago. Everybody stay home. Are right. you kidding me? Yeah. What if you have elderly parents you have to go get to? Right. What if you, you have a vehicle? You can go out and control this. Why are you making a decision for me that I can't so, operate in a snowstorm? So, Lou, it's so interesting about that fact because, yeah. again, growing up in Vermont, snow is a different breed in Vermont. Yeah. You drive in everything yeah. in Vermont. There's no Otherwise, state you'd of never emergency. go anywhere. <laughs> there's no, there's no, yeah. I mean, I never, I mean, I think there was one snowstorm that it was just impossible to go anywhere. So it just, you couldn't go anywhere. Yeah. I, you know, as a little girl, I remember it being stacked to the roof of like a chalet that we were living in on yeah. a mountain. But, you know, in terms of state of emergencies and all that stuff, you, no one, no one was calling that for you. You just right. knew you knew logically what you could and couldn't do. You knew if something was safe. You did. You get out on the road and you went, oh, this is probably not a good idea. But I understand when people call a state of emergency, like in, in snowstorms, because you have people that aren't thinking. Well, listen, people that go out. I mean, you have the you have the anomalies on the board that are the standard deviations out that are yeah. like, I've got a big truck. I can drive in this. I don't care. You know, I'm whatever. And yeah. they go out. But you call the state of emergency, that's fine. You tell people to stay off the roads, that fine, that's fine. But he went to the point of, we're going to prosecute you. Right. And it's like, that's too far. Right. Because, and listen, the, the jury right is you shouldn't go out in a major snowstorm, and you've got to stay out of the way of the plows, let them clear. Let you've got to be everything. part of the society, certainly, but there are people who have to go places. Right. You know, again, you've got elderly parents, you've got to go to work. Or you, or you yeah. have, or you have any kind of emergency, or you, or you have. I mean, you just have to do something. I mean, you have to make, you have to be able to make that choice. Yes. And so, going back to the St. Patrick's Day parade and going, you know, I understand controlling for the masses being together because they're controlling for what they can. But at the end of the day, people are still going to go to the bars, yeah. and people are still going to go out for dinner, and people are still going to do, and you know, and and most people are going to do their organized events because. Yeah. You know, there's enough people in the world that know what we're talking about. They're going to say, well, I'm in control of my life. So they may not have this group gathering, but we're going to make our own group gathering. It's questionable policy if it would work. But it's not going to work because, again, all these people are just going to be in bars. Right. Yeah. Right. So it's just smaller containment of groups rather than the big one together. But I think it's going to end up being a big one. This is it's Boston. It's a big deal. The psychological manifestation of all things Irish on 17th of March is right there. And it's hard to get people to we Irish aren't going to sit home because of a no because of a virus. And anybody that's not Irish and has a good time out drinking really cool beer is not going to stay home either. Yeah. But, I mean, do we get to that point at a certain because once this reality sets in right. to the people in power, do you get to a certain point where, you know, nope, you're on lockdown. Can you can they do this? In the end? I mean, this is well, you imagine these yes, are reasonable can, thoughts right? at this point. You and imagine they can. Yeah. 
But this, I been these alive are realistic the possibilities at this point, and that's unreasonable. Right. Yeah. Well, it's, well, it's so it goes to the the three R's. It's not rational, reasonable, or realistic. You know, yeah. the, in psychology, it's it it's not, but it's control, mm-hmm. and it's I'm going to control for you what you can't think for yourself to do. Right. It's a parent. It's a it's a superior parent or a superior entity putting the thumb down on you and saying you you can't make the decision for yourself right. and you don't have enough knowledge or you don't have enough whatever, and that's a huge um, disempowerment to people as a whole right. and as an individual by individual case to do that to somebody, which is I think why you're going to see a lot of people doing what we were just talking about and going out there. Yeah. You know, you can take away the party, but we're going to create one on our own. Yeah, and, and by the way, how often do you see people take unreasonable uh, – they, they search for control because they don't have control in their lives in important areas, whatever right. it is, whether it be their job situation or relationship situation. They feel it's out of control, and they transfer control. Wherever they can grab control, they do it right. disproportionately, and they do it sometimes in unhealthy ways. Right. And, you know, see, this is – it just comes out another way. People want control. They ache for control. Right. And if you take it away, you know, it's, it's you know, like little kids between the ages of, like, five and seven. If you tell them that they can't do something or you catch them doing something one way and they lie about it and whatever, what do they do? They find another way to do it and sneak around it or backdoor it. It's, yep. the sa- it's that same sort of developmental state that people are like, huh, you told me I can't do that. And you have some people that will be, you know, they're very much the people pleaser and very much like I do what I'm told. But yep. by and large, you have people who are going to go, I'm going to find a way to do it yep. because I want to do it because it's what I want to do. It's because I have control. I'm not going to let anyone tell me what to do. The rebellion teenager stage comes out back in people and yep. and and also the reality of things. I mean, I'm certainly I think that if we had facts that would say if you come out and you get exposed to the air outside of your home, you yep. could potentially die. I'd still have to see facts for that. But, you know, if that happens, Anytime then that's you leave one your thing. home, you could potentially die. Right. Yeah. You know, but that's the kind of thing that people, that's the kind of thing that people have in their heads already. Massachusetts drivers are a bigger threat than COVID-19 <laughs> at this point. There's a lot of things that are bigger threats, yeah. you know, and, and not to take away from people that do get sick or people that do pass away from this across the country or, or in the world. No. But keeping it in perspective that... We don't have to be hyper vigilant to the point where we're so panicked and so psychosis driven yeah. for threat generating that we're all going to die today or tomorrow, or that if we don't all stay shut in, that we're going to die. I saw my uh, saw my son. He's back on spring break from mm-hmm. UVM, and he's and I said, so the break's a week, right? And he goes, well, yeah. He goes, they told us to take everything because we might not be coming back to class. And of course, Harvard. Harvard? It's gone to online now. Yep. And again, is that a proportionate response? I'll tell you what. If I were paying Harvard tuitions and you're kicking my kid out of the dorm yeah. for how, for an indefinite period of time to do online classes, what are you kidding me? Well, Harvard, so so the news, now I'm reporting the news yep. that I heard. So that Harvard did tell everyone that it was, the semester was over. You had to leave. You had to take everything with you and that you had to do everything online. So they were interviewing lots of kids last night on the news and different channels about you know, people that had to go home to Thailand and people that had to go home to Cambodia and people that had to go home to Italy. And, In and worse they're, situations. They're like, I, I have nowhere to go because, of course, with Harvard and MIT, those schools have, you know, housing days and they get everything. You know, and yep. they have nowhere to go. And so how do, so disproportionate, you know, yes, because all of a sudden schools like you're out and now 
there's no timing. Like, how does it, you know, a couple of days extra, give them some time. But, yeah. you know, again, like the, the state officials, they're going for the whole group versus, right. you know, calm, you know. But these are supposed to be the best and brightest among us. These are supposed to be the rational people. These are supposed right. to be the thinkers. And they're running around in a room like their hair's on fire and canceling the rest of the semester. So right. what kind of message is that sending? Right. And, well, it's kind of like when people give the message of, you know, you're in a movie theater and it says, in case of a fire, please exit slowly through the doors at the bottom of the stage. You know darn well that what's going to happen. Mass, crazy panic because, yep. you know, it's – and that's what – it's the that's what it is it's i'll tell you to be calm and walk slowly mm -hmm. and relax and and just go so that no one gets hurt and no that's not because right. we're, we're telling people hey it's okay but by the way it's a state of emergency right yeah. <laughs> how is harvard going to look in may when this is a thing of the distance past and again I, I remind everybody it was less than two months ago we were all into the in the bunkers for world war three right that's what we thought was going but on because that's what we were being told well, it's a smoke it was and World War Three that was about to happen right. less than two months ago. But that's that's the smoke and mirrors that I think that yeah. we were talking about at the beginning, and I certainly was referring to of what's really going on because every couple of weeks it seems, at least in the psychological front, we're going something big is happening, and then Absolutely. now that big thing's in the news, and then the next thing comes in, and that's still there, but now we've forgotten about that because right. you can only hold so much information. It's the Russians. It's impeachment. It's the Australian fires. It's, it's, it's you know. It's the next thing. There's the always next. something. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And, and then people are going to get tired of this story. Then news is going to turn the page, and these 49 cases, 75 cases, 150 cases here in Massachusetts are going to go away. Right. You know, right. Or at least as far as we know, because no one's going to be talking about them. And, and so so the interesting thing that I think psychologically and theory and also just kind of knowing our bodies, right, is that culturally, socially here in the United States, the, the culture is that we are always living in fight and flight. We yep. have been we have been trained to either be fighting it or fleeing from it. Right. And and to get to a place where it's it's calm and regulating our our vagal system, which is our emotional regulator around information yeah. by being realistic, rational, and, and totally sane, <laughs> yep. um, you know, to calm us down, we don't, that's not the messages we're getting from our experience base is largely, if you're really paying attention to your experience base all the time, you're getting messages to either fight or flee. Absolutely. All the time. Yeah. So people don't realize that because they're so used to, like you said before, growing up in an environment, this is what you know. You're just used to it. So you don't realize that, oh, you actually don't have to be in fight and flight. You don't yeah. have to be all dysregulated all over the place that today I might be afraid. Tomorrow I might be fighting. Find your space of like, I don't have to be a part of that because the reality tells me I don't have to. Yeah. But people don't do that because that's work. And if you have to do the work to actually think that way, well, that's yeah. too much work. Our parents and their parents, their America, their society was government and media were secondary right they were they were just something that was there right you know and occasionally an issue would come up with one or the other or occasionally it'd be a big story and you pay attention to the media right. what we have in society in 2020 is that they have taught everyone that the government and the media are saviors they're telling us all the things we need to be worried about right did you know we're all going to die from this did you know we're all that people are dying from that did you know right it's just constant and, right and so we're 
they're trying to make us dependent on them. Right. Well, so because if we don't pay attention to the media, we'll miss the next big global pandemic. If we don't pay attention to the government, you know, people are going to die, children are going to die, and that's and that's kind We're of the thing that we didn't get to today, but we certainly yeah. can jump off into next week around the addiction piece. Is that codependency? We need them. We need the media. We need we feed off of them, and they feed off yeah. of us. I I need without you, me, you, you don't know me. how bad this is. Right. Yeah. I need you. You need me. Yeah. We are one. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. this, and and therefore, I can't live without that. And it's not something that's really spoken, but that's what happens in codependent relationships, in addiction relationships, and and in the relationship to food and everything yeah. we've been talking about. It's food, gambling, sex, news. Social media, um, Fortnite for kids. It, it's it's all the same. I need you. You and need me. Sox. We are one. What? <laughs> Fortnite for the Red Sox too. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that was a big problem. <laughs> you know. So yeah. I mean, that's. I mean, I think that that's such an important point that if people realize that they're finding their connection through something that's addictive, that they isn't really giving them what they really need, but it's right. sufficient and dissatisfying then maybe people would say, oh, I can break away from that. Yeah. But people don't because it's such a draw. The key for this week, I think, and the, the bigger lesson here is critical thinking. Yes. Don't accept everything you're being told. Right. Seek out, but by the way, triangulate. Seek out the other opinion. Right. I'll generate an alternative thought to just even if you don't even if you don't want to believe an alternative thought, at least try to generate something different in your mind that isn't so threat generated or making you feel like you have to fight or flee. Right. Something else. Like what's the other possibility here? What what could possibly Make be Make the other argument to me. Right. And there's right. and there's usually not one. There's usually multiples. Sure. Yeah. And 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 it can And if you're watching, here's the other piece of that: is if you're watching the same thing over and over on the same channel, because that's what a lot of people do, you got to move those channels around, and yep. you also have to get off of the TV, and stop the exposure rate of how much you're hearing, because yeah. that all that does is become background noise, and it's like when you fall asleep, you know, with a hypnotic uh, subliminal messaging thing to, you know, it's telling you the same thing over and over, and you're just getting reinforced yep. without your even conscious knowledge huh. of it. You're making dinner, you're doing work at home, you're working around the yard, and all you're hearing is COVID-19, COVID-19. COVID-19, COVID-19, so and it's raising that, yep. that adrenal system to go, <gasps> fight and flee, fight and flee, yeah. fight and flee. I just, my, my takeaway from this is be rational, realistic, reasonable, proportional, gen, and generate yeah. alternative thoughts so that you're not in panic mode because don't be panicked unless you really need to be panicked. And even then, that's not going to do you any good because it's going to make you more vulnerable. Right. Right. So that was a good talk today about addiction. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was, that was going to be the talk today about what we addiction. Do. Yeah. That's what we do. But, yeah. yeah. So, well, anyway, so the time on the wall behind you yes. says it's time to go. Time to and go. thank you, everyone, for joining in today. And if you have any questions, certainly reach on out to me at Your Daily Game Face. Um, you can also reach me um, at my regular website as well, which is GameFaceConsulting.com. And, Lou, you have a great week. Stay <laughs> safe out there. Wash your hands. And get toilet paper. <laughs> I think I'm fairly well stocked, actually. <laughs> Talk to you next week. All right.